Hey there, my name is Mark McCartney and welcome to the What is a Good Life podcast. Over the last three years, I've interviewed nearly 200 people around this question. And if you're new to this podcast, the aim of this podcast is not to prescribe you with a universal answer, but more to share with you people's explorations, curiosities, and their own inquiries into the question of what is a good life for them. Well, I'm also trying to share with you what I perceive to be more genuine expressions of the human experience and more meaningful and intimate conversations. Which brings us to this week's conversation, and I'm delighted to introduce Dr. Bettina Palazzo as our guest. Bettina is a business ethics expert, a lecturer at the University of Geneva, and the creator of the Ethics Gym program, demonstrating how leaders can be credible, ethical role models. In this conversation, we delve into the question that Bettina is currently contemplating in life. How does one balance making an effort and letting go? Bettina shares the challenges that this represents and also reflects on the role that social media plays in making us believe we have an immediate solution for all of life's problems. We explore the role of our natural selves and curiosity, noting how fear and perfectionism affect our capacity to handle uncertainty. Simultaneously, we observe the role that compassion for ourselves and others plays in our ability to handle uncertainty and to develop more trust in the unfolding of life. Whether this is cultivated through community groups she has created, or by being attentive to the stories we tell ourselves about other people's behaviours towards us. This episode will give you much to contemplate regarding our attempts to control and our relationship with uncertainty. Bettina also shares in such an authentic and relatable manner that her reflections provide really interesting insights and nuance into the challenge we face as a culture with letting go. Look, I really enjoyed this conversation with Bettina. She's a really rare individual in terms of how authentically she shares. And I think it gives a lovely examples of the realizations we're able to make when we, when we share from that authentic place. And if you enjoy this conversation, please like, share and subscribe. And if you're on the podcasting platforms, please continue to leave your lovely reviews as I greatly appreciate your support at this stage of my podcasting journey. Bettina, thank you very much for joining me on the What is a Good Life podcast today. Very glad to, to finally make this happen once again and mm. uh, very grateful for your time today. Happy to be here again. It's always <laughs> a treat talking with you. <laughs> thank you very much. Well, Bettina, as you know, well, the, the question I, I kicked this off with is, is there a question you're trying to answer as you move through life? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so since uh, quite a while... I'm sticking to our first, uh, disc uh, my first topic, but how can we balance doing, being ready to do difficult and hard stuff and not getting overly obsessed with it and, yeah. and, and, and keep this lightness and playfulness and the, the easy life. So how can we balance the, the easy and the hard life? And, and that's probably that's hard to do because once you are in the kind of I need to do this hard life stuff it's very hard at least for me maybe maybe not for everyone to also just go with the flow trust the universe ah <laughs> I'm not sure if I can trust <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah that's uh, my big question about a good life Mm -hmm. I think this is uh, mm -hmm. I think this is incredibly relatable. Uh, can you give a give a sense or or even an example of of uh, what you may be referring to in terms of just okay? I know this life. There's big moments. There's seriousness in it. There's important things. But how can I maybe hold it lightly, or how can I not how can I not let it just 
almost take down the entirety of a sense of a good life within it? I, I think the the problem is is also a very modern one where we we get this impression that we control everything. Yeah, that just if you just um, uh, scroll through Instagram, you get bombarded. So how can you do this? Avoid that. So become better at this and just follow this. <laughs> and that's of course an illusion and it's a marketing trick and it puts a lot of burden on people. Uh, but, but it, on the other hand, so I, I'm, I'm very much torn between because I'm, I'm coming from, from a family that was very much into solutions and, and not just letting it let's hope for the best kind of spirit yeah but yeah how how far can you can you drive your control issues because sometimes it's really better to 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 wait it out or get uh, into a more into a more intuitive way of solving it or accepting that they're just at the moment there is no solution we just have to sit with it yeah, but this is, um, I think this is one of the, as you say, there's a kind of certain delusion to some of the things that we think we're controlling. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I think that's why it makes this era seem so frustrating because, mm -hmm. you know, if you say to somebody, I'm feeling this, then they can say, oh, how's your sleep? Have you monitored your sleep? Have you done this? Have you done that? And before you know it, like there's do yoga. a straight... Yeah, yeah, like <laughs> you're stressed, do yoga. What's wrong with you? Um, you, you know, mm -hmm. and, and I, I can, I've said it before in a few podcasts, I've completely done this before where I started meditation and started telling people to meditate. Um, and it's really annoying. And, you know, with, <laughs> it, I really was, um, <laughs> you know, and, but there's this thing like, of, of course, I could tell somebody if they didn't consume any technology, if they only ate healthy food, if they meditated did yoga exercised that their life may be better but being a human just isn't about knowing what the right intellectual mm, information mm. is it's a mix of so many things yeah that that brings back to to mind uh, uh, an old postcard i came across during my studies that said the recipe for a good life is healthy eating da, 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 discipline the recipe for a happy life is Eating junk food, partying all night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So how, how, just for your sake then, when you say um, you're coming from a, a family that very much had solutions and now you're exploring, I guess, ideas or concepts that maybe move away from that. How, how has your journey been with, with maybe trying to perhaps let go of some of control or an acknowledgement of, I, I don't know, maybe even our own humanness, right? <laughs> mm. Well, as we, as we talked about it before, about parenthood before, I mean, that's, that's the big wake up call where you see how <laughs> powerless you actually are because, well, and, and well, in, a, in a way you're fully uh, responsible for another human being. Uh, yeah, but uh, try to convince a toddler that he or she can't have this or that now, or a teenager to study. <laughs> Good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, so I, I, st I guess that's my own inner conflict because on the one hand side, I still believe very much it. I just have to think hard enough to figure it out. Uh, and, and sometimes you just, um, it, it takes also time to figure it out and you're not there yet. And, and, yeah, and knowing when, what to want to do, what is of course hard, like in, like, uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm also an entrepreneur. So like in, in sales, so how uh, annoying should I be with a prospect? Should I, <laughs> how many emails do I write? Um, when do I give it up or, yeah, because sometimes, um, yeah, it, they're also in sales. It's very much a question of timing. You can't really control. You have to be out there, be visible. And, but, but then in the end, it, it's, it, well, really salespeople, they have a whole process and they have their list and it's, you can do uh, on, on LinkedIn, all these gurus tell you how to do it. Yeah. Again, we have this kind of solution, how, uh, to do it, but there is a certain amount of luck in this as well. That you yeah. are there at the right time with the right person, with the right topic. Yeah. Just out of interest, where when do you feel when do you feel most comfortable with uncertainty? Oh, that's a great question. Uh, I, I think I'm I'm quite easy with kind of, if, if it's little thing, I mean, we all have different kinds of, of, of fear. So if I will catch the train or if traveling or what will, so this, I, I'm quite, I'm quite comfortable, but kind of the, the, the big things about health, about family members, that's probably the, the more e uneasy ones. Are there processes which you get involved in where your or even if it's your work like and you're creating something like are there or even if it's creating content like are there moments mm -hmm. where you're um, uh, or where you're comfortable with the unfolding of whatever it is that you're you're kind of creating mm -hmm. yeah that, that's uh, one of the big blessings of age that that gets so much better yeah i know when, in in my 20s i I tried out uh, journalism for a while and I did an internship in my local newspaper and yeah, still with typewriters. And it was, it was gruesome for me to, to, because there you, you need to write stuff fast. And it's just really a, a, not, not my thing. And, and now over time, when, and, and the thing is you, you don't really notice so much your progress in things like creating and writing, but all of a sudden you realize, oh, uh, I can do this so so much easier now, and I just can I can basically just uh, get into stream of consciousness, and then I look at it and I think, oh, okay, <laughs> that's 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 not so bad, uh, and the um, uh, German TV show presenter Rudi Carell. I don't know if you know him, he's was big in the 70s. Yeah. So Rudi Carell, he, uh, I didn't know that he's also a philosopher. He said, you can only uh, push stuff out of your sleeve if the sleeve is full. Right. So that's, uh, so I, I guess that's the thing, what you need to do when you're younger, you put lots of stuff and experiences in your sleeve, and then the reward is coming <laughs> when you order, because then uh, there, this gets easier. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mm -hmm. before we actually talked today, I was I was reading a book uh, called Anam Cara by a, an Irish philosopher called John O'Donoghue, 
And mm-hmm. he wrote, uh, it's just made me think of what you're describing here um, earlier, which is he wrote that our our will can get things done. It can get external things done. But there's something about um, either our soul or our mindfulness that attunes to our nature that allows us, it still gets things done, but it, it just, it happens in a, in a different way. Like, oh, uh, I love it. I do get goosebumps because, uh, yeah, that, that, that's exactly the thing that you, you need to put in the work, but then it's not, not always in your control. Like there's this great talk by Elizabeth Gilbert on creativity. It's one of the most popular and one of my favorite TED Talks, where she is talking about how it was so burdensome because she had just massive success with her first, no, not her first book, but with Eat, Pray, Love. And then everybody was asking, so how is she dealing with the pressure to come up, <clears throat> to keep this up? And and she says that it's just, uh, you don't ask as an engineer, it's just our weird thinking about creativity and that that's what she's saying that there is you do in the work but that then there is this thing with the spirit that has to come to you yeah Uh, and that they talk about something similar in dance it's called um moment habité so when you are completely embodied and suddenly your body does stuff that you didn't really know you had right and for for you, are there are there moments in life where you've you've done things that have have kind of truly surprised you, or you, that you didn't know that you had? Yeah, sometimes uh, in in teaching or in consulting. Yeah, when uh, there is a client or a student that challenges me with a question or a statement, and I I I come up with something spontaneously, and I was that, that's when I sometimes. That's that's really great. So when you can look at yourself and say, "Yes, this is <laughs> yay," yeah, that, that's why we do the stuff, right? That for these moments. Yeah. Is there yeah. Mm-hmm. when you um just wondering what your your kind of uh, entry point into this question of accessing more of the the ease in life or the balancing between the trying and the mm-hmm. the easiness. When did this when did this begin to become a, a, a bigger question for you? Probably probably with parenthood and, and with being an entrepreneur. Yeah, this whole and this whole mm, female career thing is also something where uh, we know the odds are not exactly for us. So uh, and I, 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 uh, this reminds me of something that came to me recently where in my 20s, some, some guy told me and a, and a girlfriend that we should just relax and not be so um, uptight about our career and our studies and so on. And, and since uh, I've been digging much more intensively into feminism since a couple of years, it made me realize that that's very easy for a guy to say yeah, because they don't really understand that they, they, they don't see their privilege. And of course you can, it's much easier for a guy to relax than for a woman. And yeah. so for you, for you then in, even in, in your, your life then with 
with coming back then to to relaxation and and even mm. you're mentioning parenting as well as this uh this scenario of of this guy saying relax and you're like you you don't get it buddy um, <laughs> yes. what what have what have, what have been some of your approaches or or is it are are there big influences in 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 that experience for you which first reminds me of this there's one story by uh, Ephraim Kishon, he was also quite big in, in the 80s, where he's telling the story of a guy who uh, is kind of uh, in a bad space and everybody tells him to relax and he's just completely, <laughs> and he gets even <laughs> completely uptight by this. Uh, so it's, it's, um, it's like nobody ever calmed down by telling them calm down. <laughs> it's like yeah. relax. Nobody can relax by uh, telling them to, to relax. So, so what I do? What do I do to relax? Well, I, I do yoga. I do meditate. <laughs> yeah. Um, snowshoeing in the winter has been a big thing. Going to Rome helps <laughs> because it's so chaotic there. And you. So, so the thing with living in Switzerland is also, hmm, it, it's very perfectionistic. So everything works. And it kind of keeps you, gets you wanting to be on the stand. It's not like Berlin. So Berlin would also be a great antidote to the Swiss experience. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, so getting, getting, I guess, um, getting out of the comfort zone frequently is also super important. When you were mentioning earlier at the start that it's, uh, that there's so much in our modern society, whether it's solutions everywhere, whether it's content online. I think it almost makes us even more uncomfortable with the fact that there could be anything that could be perceived as slightly wrong in our lives because there is a, a solution. Right. And and I, and I think uh, then even I, I've, I've noticed it as well that sometimes even we can be tensely pursuing our, our in air quotes, spiritual practices because we also have a desire for them, them, them to create a change or an, a different outcome in our lives as well. So it's, it's, mm-hmm. I think it's what I'm trying to understand more mm-hmm. of is even um, how can we get into the spaces where we're just doing the thing and we're not putting an outcome or an expectation on the thing. And, it, and, it, and that for even for, mm-hmm. cause I, you know, I definitely come from a background too, where, I really wanted to get things done and, you know, I've, I've worked in finance. I, you know, went to school, I got good grades in school and, and, uh, mm. and life, life was just supposed to go or it's mm. life was supposed to be a certain way. And, and ironically, I think I probably thought more in my mid twenties that I knew what life was all about than I do now <laughs> as a, as a 40 year old. It's probably a good thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, um, well, also Elizabeth Gilbert, she's really a hero of mine uh, in her book, The Big Magic, also about creativity. She says that perfectionism is actually uh, fear in disguise. That is what, what it all boils down to. We want to secure our life and have the best life. And there's all this comparison all the time. Yeah, so it's fear and it, it, it ruins so much. Yeah, so it's, it's really important to fight this perfectionism but it's hard yeah i don't know for for you is there anything that's that's helped you uh, or even a better relationship with this sense of uh, perfectionism 
Yeah, I, I guess that comes from our internal risk management, always trying to stay safe. And even today, it's usually not something life-threatening, but we have the same kind of stretch reactions like it would be life-threatening. Uh, uh, so catastrophizing, <laughs> it, it's not good for you, but also there I find it hard to draw the line between how far can you kind of Mm, try to protect yourself and when does it go too far yeah that's mm, uh... Yeah. Uh, i think that it, it is difficult because there have been moments in my life where this has had actually saved me but but then this this is then a success so you say ah i need to be very alert all the time and and then yeah. you could get completely stressed because you you've been proven right once and then <laughs> to trust again <laughs> is not so easy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that's, that's kind of, and we hear this a lot. We hear all of these recipes, how to have the perfect life. Uh, and of course, everybody knows that there is no perfect life. Uh, uh, but so, and then the, the, the other mm, uh, stereotypical advice then comes trust the process. Yeah. <laughs> Who is this? Who is this process thing? <laughs> but yeah. I, but I think this is a this is a, a really important thing to observe in all our lives. So like, yeah, at what point has um as choosing safety or um mm -hmm. you know maybe even having a good look at the landscape and deciding that this is uh, I don't need to take that risk and it works out, mm -hmm. and then when that but being careful that that doesn't translate into now I will reject all forms of risk or maybe I, I won't trust this scenario because that one time that I, I was right. Um, mm. and, and so that I think that's a really interesting part of this life in, in trying to still remain open to seeing life with fresh eyes or seeing a, a situation for the, the new experience that they typically always are as well, mm -hmm. even if our experiences are similar. Yeah, the thing is that this is just, um, it kills so much joy. Yeah. Yeah. So so probably a, a, a big question, I think what, what people need after all of this pandemic and war, and we're still in the middle of the war experience, is actually joy and it's not so easy. It's, you know, I think this is, um, there's a few things that I, I think we're all, we usually think we're afraid of the worst case scenario. Mm -hmm. I think there's also something in us that's actually really afraid to, to experience joy, to, to stay in just beautiful moments, or even to think the best of ourselves. Like, yeah. The, it, and, and I don't think we discuss it very often, but I don't know even in trying to dream big or, or whatever it may be, there's, you know, lots comes up for us and in, in, in we're, we're comfortable to ignore or being fearful of, of catastrophe or sorrow or sadness. But I don't think we notice enough just that we're, we don't allow ourselves or we almost fear the best of ourselves or, or beauty or, or joy as well. Yeah, it's a little bit, uh, it comes to mind to this uh, stereotypical difference between Europe and 
with our past that we are much more fearful and risk averse and us where the sky's the limit and it's so risky i think that that's uh, also deeply culturally ingrained yeah mm-hmm. and when you think of in life like moments where you were talking about joy there but like of of deep can maybe perhaps deep contentment and uh, what are what are the first things that come to mind for you deep contentment that's a challenging one for me <laughs> <laughs> so, so what comes to mind so is is when when you did manage something highly complex but um you thought oh my god so much work and then you worked it out and it yeah and 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 you got more or less what you wanted or with some surprises so what what comes to mind is my sabbatical year with all of my family for living a year in rome where you know relocating all family finding the schools finding their apartments uh the moving and everything so that was uh, very scary and all of my family members said oh you can't do this to your boys and stuff like this and it turned out to be a, a very, very great experience for everybody. Uh, and the other one was last year when I jumped into this online program and it was very difficult and a lot of work, And but the, uh, the results were great and it, it was so much fun doing this work. And I, so uh, uh, overcoming the doubt before uh, a difficult task and then uh, being rewarded with, with um, yeah, surprising more than you expected. Yeah, I, yeah. I was, for, for Rome, I was expecting that it would be great to live in Rome, but it was so, so much, uh, there were so many happy surprises that I didn't expect. And, and the same for my online program for my compliance influencers. It was, um, yeah, because I didn't, you know, you don't know when you start something new that it will work out. And then if you see that it works the way you imagined and even better. Yeah, I guess that that's uh, very nice. Probably what what you are experiencing with your podcast, right? You start with some idea and yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. it's always, uh, I think it's, I, I really think this is one of the more b- beautiful things you're touching on in life, which is just the trying something and then just like seeing where it goes, but then it, it turning out in ways in which you couldn't have anticipated in terms of just the, you know, when you're talking about Rome there and the elements that you just, you didn't even think about or that mm. surprised, like that were adi- on top of what you already thought would be a great experience. Just out, out of interest, um, what was the what was the motivation to to go to Rome for a year? What what like what what brought this about? Well, you know, my last name Palazzo is Italian because my husband is half Italian. Yeah. Um, my grandfather was from the north of Italy, and we we both always wanted to live in Italy for a while, and the choice for Rome was more or less natural. Yeah. And was yeah, it's it's an amazing city. It's very you if you go there you feel at home after a week right yeah and then there's food and climate and beauty and art and history so it's it's very um it's irresistible even though it's a very difficult city it's uh, chaotic and nothing the public transport doesn't work it's dirty 
but um, <clears throat> that doesn't really matter. It, it matters to the Romans if you have to live there all the time <clears throat> yeah. on an Italian salary. That's not so much fun. What um what about the experience uh, surprised you then? Like when you're you're there, you've had this you know experience that you're yeah. building up to between you and your husband's uh, family relations and and what you've dreamed of. When you're there, then like what was what was the experience like for were there things with your with you with your family that surprised mm -hmm. you about living in this new environment? Yeah, I hadn't really expected that. It is really uh, a very unifying effect on the family. So usually they're in this together. That was very nice. And and seeing my kids go to Italian public school and learning Italian, that was a, a great experience. And, and it's um, I wasn't prepared to just how strong this Roman spirit is, that you feel so at home, that you make friends in the bus. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah and that you can go to the beach in october <laughs> <laughs> the, there's a i i think sometimes i don't know if you ever get this feeling but there's a there's sometimes where i feel like the vibration of a city or a place mm. resonates with mm -hmm. what i am all, all about at a particular right. point in time yeah yeah <laughs> that's that's um and i'm i'm not the only one rome has this for many people yeah when you um when you had the experience then last year of of going through this this online course and then it becoming something more than what you thought it would be what was that you know when we talked about almost the the idea of perfectionism the mm -hmm. you know the the forcing and the will and all of these different things what do you think allowed the the course be something even more than you expected like what was there something in that process that surprised you uh yeah it's um the participants Right. Yeah, uh, that's that's what I imagined it to be because I've done myself online pro, uh, programs myself for myself, and and you get of course you get the content and the, and the the learning from the from the person who creates the course, but the, the you can't really predict the interaction with the other participants, and that was just fantastic for my course. Yeah, that, that they were all different. They all brought such more um, insight to the course and creativity and mm, it's, uh, probably like chemistry because I can come up with contents and exercises and tools, but then they can just sit there and don't do anything for my participants or, or I'm yeah, it, it happened to me before when I, I thought, oh, this is a great uh, exercise, this is a great tool. And then I tried it out and it was kind of lukewarm. Uh, but, but with these participants, I had uh, ever so often that I had proposed something and I just picked it up and created some, some sparks with it. And that was uh, uh, so nice. And they, uh, and for them, just because they were all peers, they were all working in compliance, just seeing that they were all facing the same challenges was also extremely valuable. It's really beautiful, though, isn't it? The sense of when we're talking earlier about how much we try to predict things and what's under our mm -hmm. control. 
And then what's magical in this experience is the thing that you couldn't control, which is the, you know, obviously you can try and create the environment, but in this, the way that they, these people on the course took things, they created things, even the, the energy you're talking about with that, like that's, it's, it's, it's kind of really love. I think sometimes the, the beauty in life is the, the things that we absolutely can't control that we just get right. to observe. Yeah. And, and plus, you know, as a consultant or then you often, I was sometimes amazed because I thought this is nothing special <laughs> that I showed them and I loved it that, that because you tend to underestimate what, what you have in your sleeve. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, then, yeah. Yeah. So getting this appreciation is, um, yeah. Uh, that's why, why uh, I'm a consultant, yeah, because I, I get a kick about uh, uh, supporting people. Yeah, that, that's probably part of the uh, perfectionist stuff, <laughs> yeah, but, but making their life easier. So, yeah, yeah. I think it was, uh, could have been Henry David Thoreau that said, uh, to make one life breathe easier is to have, uh, is to have success. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I adopt that. <laughs> yeah. With what what comes up for you, Bettina, with the sense of supporting people? What's what sensation or what what's that that experience like for you? Yeah, that that's super important and and so rewarding. Mm, that I guess it gets underestimated. So what that was one reason why I also started a community. I, my compliance cappuccino club, where I have online mastermind sessions every few months. And all I do is gather people in compliance together. I say a few words about some burning topic that they all face, and then they, they share their experience and their solutions. Uh, and I'm every time completely blown away what happens. And I, I don't do anything except uh, organizing the time and the space. And, and uh, so th that's, uh, I think, something we need so much more in everybody's lives and in business in general to move away from a competitive approach and to more cooperation. So there are people then from, uh, from different companies and congregating mm. together. Mm -hmm. with, with that, um, with that patina, like, is it, is it sharing of, uh, experiences? Is it sharing of challenges? What, what do you see? Yeah, kind of everything. Like people? we start with the challenges, like, um, what to discuss. Uh, so one topic that compliance people usually struggle with is involving their leaders for compliance so that they say, yeah, compliance is important. I do this and that for that. And, uh, or, or yeah. And just seeing that they all have struggles with this is very helpful. Just uh, and comparing what what has helped them is uh, they they always share great ideas. That uh, um, and and I I get a better feeling about what other problems to the details of them of their situations. There's. There's something remarkable, though, isn't it? Because even you mentioned it with the even with your family, like the unifying effect of mm. uh, everyone having the challenge of living in a in a new city, <laughs> and and even with with this as well, there's there's something really 
lovely about just share, uh, sharing an experience or or sharing the same challenge that I'm, I'm not trying to sugarcoat things in life to say oh just share your challenge and it, you know this this, this really difficult thing yeah. you're facing is easy but I but I think it's hugely underestimated mm-hmm. when we're trying to maybe project a certain uh, expertise or competence or that we can be perfect but it's in sharing that like that I think is I, I, I don't know. I think it's one of the most enriching experiences in life. Yes, because if if you don't share it, you have this tendency that it's your fault or you're the only person with this challenge, and it's a it's a very heavy burden. Yeah, that's why coming back to feminism. That's why that's how the patriarchy patriarchy works for women. That we 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 think it's our fault if we are faced with uh, harassment, sexism, discrimination, uh, but it's not. And uh, yeah, so and, and just sharing these stories and realizing, oh, uh, also my super successful colleague had had these experiences. That, that's uh, 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 very, very liberating. I run workshops for women uh, on, on this. It's called yeah. communication Aikido. So how can you defend yourself against uh, everyday sexism? Uh, and that's always a big aha moment to see that it's uh, it's systemic and it's not about you. Yeah. yeah. So even, even just the acknowledgement that it's mm-hmm. in some ways, I, I guess, in, not as per, like, it's not me. It's, it's right. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and, this is a this is a great title though communication aikido. <laughs> Where did... Yeah, I got inspiration from there is a book called uh, How the Way You Sit, Stand and Walk Changes the Way. I don't get it together, but uh, well, it's a it's called Leadership Embodiment, and she uh, she passed away recently. She was an Aikido done very high level, and she developed this idea, how can you deal with attacks? Because Aikido is this non-violent martial art. And there you you don't attack. If you get attacked, you don't uh, escalate the situation by wanting to destroy your opponent, which of course is a woman that gets attacked with a sexist remark. You, you shouldn't do because it's so good for you. We don't want that. And there you just, you, you, what, what you want to do is pick up the energy of your opponent and guide it around. So to, so they are, you take away their, their need to attack you and bring them on a better path. So that, that's the idea, because the, the, what most of the times happens in in these kinds of situations is that women don't do anything or they get overly aggressive and that doesn't help either. So I, I, I figured out something, how they, I call it the fierce grace method, because it's kind of balances your, your energies. So you can stand your ground, defend, Define your boundaries without creating defensiveness in the other side. Yeah. Which is... Uh... And, and this um, Wendy, Wendy Palmer. And Wendy Palmer uh, based all of this on very physical exercises, how you can recenter yourself after an attack. Because we usually react in a dysfunctional way when we get attacked. And so how can you get centered again 
so your reaction is will be more of a of a learning mutual learning process than a fight and just out of interest what are mm. what are some of the techniques then for for recentering yourself um because mm -hmm. i could probably do with this too if, if uh, <laughs> in, in terms of you know just where where i don't know when we feel threatened when we've been at, mm -hmm. like when somebody has said something even if, um particularly if we find it very personal or threatening this is this this sounds like a really beautiful idea of it's a beautiful idea it, i can i can share the the most important and very short exercise yeah, please with do. you so so think about something that gets your your blood pressure up and your adrenaline and everything Just a situation like somebody took your reserved seat in the train or took your parking spot or uh, didn't close the toothpaste cap <laughs> whatever, whatever. Yeah. so so you have the situation yeah so you feel it okay so then what you what you do is you breathe in uh, along with your spine and you breathe out and you soften your front body and then you imagine that you are like the sun and you're filling the the room with your room bubble yeah yeah yeah, can you feel it? And you think about something that makes you very, very happy. Yeah. And 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 then you imagine and, and you include this annoying person or situation in your room bubble. And then you think we are in this together. And then you can start the conversation again because you feel will feel completely different. And also your opponent will feel included and not in a fight, which unavoidably will lead to escalation. Ta -da! <laughs> <laughs> but it, I tried to uh... do this with my teenager. I, the, the, the difficult thing, of course, is to get this in your muscle memory to always react this way and not getting your amygdala yeah. triggered. But it's... Um... I don't, I don't know there's something really nice though even about just the the intention of this and then the mm -hmm. the recognition that this is something I would like to try and then the repeated practice of going back to it because I like one thing I'm I find very interesting in life when you mention some of this is just like how sometimes even I can be conscious of the fact that I'm being triggered in the moment and I know my patterns at this stage. It's not for lack of looking at them. <laughs> it's not for lack of understanding the pathological theory behind why I behave like I do sometimes. And then even I think it's just opening up even like this practice of just opening up a small bit of space. Mm, exactly. Even even if I even if I crush it and but I've still had the experience of trying or, or playing with this space or opening up space or even right. opening up compassion for myself uh, or in, in myself for somebody else. And not like not knowing or knowing that this isn't a linear process either, that it's not like if I go to the gym and I do X amount of ex exercise and I eat X amount of calories that I can expect a certain result to know that when we're playing some of this emotional game or that mm. when we're involving something with more depth, that it's just so much more unpredictable <laughs> than we can imagine sometimes. Yeah, so, so compassion is a big thing for me also in the moment because 
Yeah, I, I don't really know where it comes from that this trigger thing that we 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 are usually we are not triggered by what is happening. We're triggered about the story that we tell ourselves about it, or that that come up yeah. spontaneously in in ourselves. So and and finding, as you said, this this space where you not just go on autopilot and react and. <laughs> be, become uh, aggressive or or hide or uh, retreat what whatever whatever that's so that it's difficult and and as you said already just this attitude that you are saying okay i'm i'm trying to have compassion for myself but i'm also trying to have compassion for the other person what's going on for them and how can i get how can I tell myself a better story? How can I assume positive intent? But because we always, it's annoying, we always have this tendency, <laughs> but it's true, right? We always have the tendency, it's probably our risk system yeah. to think they're out to get us, they're, they're mean, they're yeah. stupid. Yeah, <laughs> that's, uh, yeah, that's yeah, like, another thing I'm working on at the moment. Like somebody couldn't possibly have done that to us just because they're being a little bit careless and right. they've made a mistake. No, no, no. They're they're out to get us. <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's also uh, it's it's kind of fun because that that kind of puts you in a in a superior uh, position also. And that there's both there's protection and also feeling better and then how, you know, and, and so and this compassion thing is all for me at the moment also very important for my work in compliance because there you have you have the same kind of dynamic you have the compliance people who need to look out that people don't break the rules unintentionally or um, intentionally and and that <clears throat> risk to infringe the autonomy of their people yeah they think oh i'm i'm a good person i don't yeah. Need somebody to tell me what to do. <laughs> I'm not influenced by a bottle of champagne by my supplier. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And so, uh, so, so there is this conflict between these two sides, which has not been working very well for compliance, because they're not very loved in the company, and uh, it can easily lead to the rebellious teenager effect that just because there is this rule. I want to show them that I'm smarter. So that's why I also think that compliance people need to work much more with compassion with their people. Yeah, yeah. It's. Uh, I, I think we may be surprised in life just how many times a controversy or a scandal has begun because a human has made a mistake and they didn't want to admit it. Right. <laughs> you, you know, not yeah, necessarily yeah, yeah. because of Big a malevolent time. act or. Um, but, it, but yeah, it's, it's really, I, I don't know, even during the course of the conversation, Bettina, like the, I don't know, I get what we've been talking about from at the start of mm -hmm. this, you know, how can I re relax more with the moment or how can I let go more? And I don't know, even this idea of compassion, I think is is really interesting in, in that as well, even in not assuming the worst yeah. of ourselves or other people as well. You you really always bring out these great connections. I didn't even realize uh, this uh, a huge skill of yours uh, that it this compassion approach is actually helpful to relax more because you you will 
be much more effective if you understand the other side instead of trying to push your will on them or on a situation. It doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. God, that's that's <laughs> a nicely way you put it. Like, because that's oh, that's <laughs> I think that's so much at the root of so much of what we're doing at times when we're having conflict with people or disagreements. We're trying to force our will on a situation, and and sometimes over really unimportant things and uh, you said something that I'm definitely going to take from this is really to pay attention to the story that we're telling around whatever mm -hmm. anyone else is doing because mm -hmm. in that I, I is thinking even with you know some of my close relationships where I've observed myself react completely differently to the exact same action that happened in different days and so how is it about what the other person is doing if one day it could make me laugh out loud and the other day it could <laughs> yeah. make me this ball of frustration and tension and how could you do that again? You, you know, which is is really, I think, it's very empowering as well because if we, mm -hmm. like, what story am I telling about what this other person is doing right now? I think that's a really important reflection as well as what you just uh, noticed there yeah. with regards to understanding. Yeah, uh, it's, um, it helps you to regain your brain because otherwise you're in this fight or flight reaction and you can't get to problem solving. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, hmm. Bettina, after our own personal revelations there for a moment, probably <laughs> <laughs> maybe have some different conversations with people after this uh, this talk. Yeah, that would uh, be a great uh, <laughs> result. <laughs> Just given so much of what you've talked about, like the idea of maybe embracing um, what we can't control, showing compassion for other people and um, things you've recognized in your own life in terms of kind of going beyond what you thought your own potential was, these lovely moments in life, these moments then of even contributing or supporting other people, whether it's with the, you know, this uh, communication Aikido, whether it's the, the Cappuccino Club as well for your, your fellow um, practitioners mm -hmm. in compliance, and even noticing like, you know, the novelty of experience and the, the, the unifying experience of facing a challenge as a family and, the, and, and moving elsewhere. Just to, to finish off with the question that I, I, I obviously end with is, is, what is a good life for you, Bettina? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I should have prepared better, better for that one. <laughs> Such a big question. Yeah, good life is when you, mm, uh, most of all, stay curious and um, curious and compassionate with other people. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and I think, ask many um, questions. <laughs> yeah. And I, like I you. <laughs> I want to learn how to ask great questions like you. <laughs> uh, uh, flattery will get you everywhere. Thank you very much. Uh, <laughs> but no, but I think that, and I'd even, I'd even extend that uh, curiosity and compassion then even to ourselves. I, and I think this is like, there's something really mm -hmm. beautiful in life when we can definitely hold that curiosity and compassion up for other people. And then I guess when we see what we find out about other people, kind of make some of those same understandings for ourselves like oh they were just stressed they were just a bit anxious about something they're you know they're really tired yeah, they're tired <laughs> they're getting angry at me because ultimately they want the best for me too and 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 i i don't know just something in that like where we can 
Mm. You know, when you were talking about perfectionism earlier, something in that where we can just all give ourselves a little bit of a break while striving to once again surprise right. us, w- surprise us, and and overcoming what we thought our own potential was, or going further than that. Look, Patina, uh, I really enjoyed this conversation with you. I really enjoyed all that you shared, and thank you so much again for giving me your time here on the What Is a Good Life podcast today. Always a pleasure. <laughs>